This morning we'll have questions on devotion. As some of you know, the, the junior senior monks uh, Saturday gave yesterday gave talks on their understanding of devotion from their personal point of view, and with some accumulation of information from from the 2,500 year old tradition and how devotion shows up in different places. So, and it shows up very differently. Culturally, it shows up different, differently. Very, very situational. That being said, um, there's no comparison. You can't say one person is more devoted than another. The only way to be less devoted is not have anything at all. But if there is a feeling of devotion or dedication or interest in, in um, extending that, it's a kind of energy. It can be called love. It can feel like relative love. Uh, if it is ultimate love, it won't have a feeling. I'm not saying there won't be feelings there, but the ultimate feeling itself is completely without demand. If there's any demand for something else, for a payment, big misunderstanding, not big, huge, gigantic, uh, unmeasurable misunderstanding, if that's the way you're thinking. Interesting, just a quick uh, story. Uh, uh, a few days ago, I had a couple of interviews with two different people and on Zoom. Uh, both of them had seen the, uh, the monk talks. Oh, it's on you. When you, how do you get those names? <laughs> Onion Bunny and what was your name again? Path of Grace. Too many does and too many zans. Uh, it's confusing. <laughs> Didn't see this coming. Don't see much coming. Nothing is coming. If you think something else is coming, this is a big mistake. It's always this. It doesn't come from somewhere. It's always right here. If you're interested, well, you know what to do. So um, seeing uh, Ondo and Unyo's talks on devotion was uh, interesting. Uh, chemistry came together there, and it was extremely helpful to all of us in different ways. And neither one of those talks were planned, by the way. They just came together, and they were given. They were not on YouTube, I don't think. So if you aren't somehow kind of close to or connected with this community, you won't even know about them. So my story uh, is two people, after seeing those, had set up an interview. I had them. I'm not going to mention their names. But one, uh, after seeing the talk, said, I'm no longer going to be your student. I saw those talks, and I just can't do this. And I said, in so many words, I said, very good, excellent, that's wonderful. You're, you're doing exactly what you need to do. There's nothing to correct. I really appreciate you coming, telling me that. Quite often people, if they, they just drop off and I never hear from them again, uh, I would call that disrespectful, but I don't mind. People do, do what they need to do. But uh, this person came and told me straight up, and he, uh, they said, um, I may be back, but probably not. <laughs> you know, I thought, well, that's an interesting statement. Um, so then the other person who had been a student of mine for a couple of years by on Zoom, some of that I also met, uh, after seeing that, that functioned more as a catalyst where they thought, 
I want to ask to be your student. So it's interesting that it happened in the same afternoon, one right after another. So before we open up for questions, which I want to do, I want to say this is, there's, if you're comparing anything at all, it's just a misunderstanding of it. Your devotion may be in a certain way, but I'm not certainly not evaluating anyone's devotion. It's enough work, you could say work, to just to meet your devotion where it's at and see the way in which you relate to this teacher, this teaching, and this uh, teaching family called Sangha. I'm not here to advertise anything. I would say if you have doubts about this, go do something else. Go do something you don't have doubts about. Much more comfortable because you know what doubts are like. Should I? Should I be doing? Should I? Should I? If you're doing that, go. Go do something else. I'm not trying to chase you away. I'm just saying you, you don't owe me anything. Nothing. I don't need anything. Jeez, I'm bowing. I was wondering if and how devotion still arises for you. <laughs> it's never left. Has it changed at all? There, the otherness that used to be there the, of, of expressing and like that. Now it's uh, reversed. It just comes this way. All of it comes back to me. Does devotion... So be careful. I won't be able to talk. <laughs> but... Go ahead. I'm just curious about how devotion shows up or, or showed up after Trumpler and Pache and Colvin passed. What I noticed is I didn't mind. My connection was with them was not with their physical form. It was very much with their physical form when it was here. They were the, they were the person. They were the embodiment of the teacher. So yes, it was very much it was them. But when they passed, I noticed that nothing happened. They didn't go anywhere. They're not going anywhere. And you, depending on your connection with this old man, you may have a similar experience or not. Doesn't matter what. She has a mind um, to see the talks on devotion out of context of being a student or being close to what's occurring here is terrifying. And even being close, it's, it's frightening to hear what people are saying. And I'm wondering how devotion differs from worship? Well, one of the things, as I already said, is no demand. Teacher doesn't need anything. If it's a true teacher, they don't need anything else. They don't even need to live. In a sense, they aren't even here anymore. They're, they're here, and they're happy to eat cereal or not. They're, they're happy to do. They still might yell at the tel television be irritated at the neighbor's dog, like yesterday, be kind of irritating, dog's barking, but, but there's no demand for anything, no need for anything else more. I'm wondering about how to work with the cultural imposition or the cultural standards that are around relating to uh, an authority. Um, I hear what you're saying, but ask more about it because there's more room in there for specificity. Can we move into those areas which might be taboo without doing so aggressively? How can we move into it without being aggressive? 
you hear me all the time, don't do anything unless you have to. Observe, observe, observe. You're, you're the way someone else right next to you expresses their devotion may be totally different. And that there's no, if you're comparing yourself to someone else, or if you're interpreting the, the, the devotion someone else has for, for being corny or being over the top, or you know, you're just protecting yourself. But if you regard someone else's devotion, it's just something you're observing. You're just observing that. Anytime you observe something and add anything to it, your commentary, your interpretation, anything at all, it's a way of protecting the self-centeredness so that that doesn't happen to you. What if you were that devoted? I don't want that. This is what one of the people, <laughs> I didn't say that, it has got a good taste of how dedicated a few people are in this direction. And that's frightening. In a different culture, that wouldn't be so frightening. Who are in India, would be completely acceptable. Uh, devotion to the guru, the Satguru, is one of the ways of. Uh, the diversity of of your students is more than any community I've ever seen. You have students living here full time that dedicate their life to this, and students halfway across the world doing their best to connect. Um, how can we? communicate, particularly as your monks, without trying to convey our experience, knowing that everyone's relating to you differently. Just answer questions. Direct, simple, just simple. No, no explanation. Explain nothing. Well, she's on. She's on going. What is that quality of not being able to do enough? Devotion. Until you realize your true nature, that's Probably gonna. It's the way the poverty mentality of the ego tags along behind the devotion of the wisdom mind. The wisdom mind sees there's something here. Uh, need to do this, and then, and then there's that still that um, that aspect of the ego that has not been seen through yet. You have to get rid of ego. You just have to see that it's unreal. It can chatter all it wants. It's quite amusing to listen to the ego say, "They shouldn't be. Should you be?" Will you do that? Should this happen? Maybe this shouldn't happen. Maybe this. Uh, what's the difference? You don't. You just don't believe that. You don't believe it. You don't disbelieve it, and you don't ignore it. In other words, you take on the whole world in the form of your own thought patterns. And eventually, you actually take on the whole world. You receive the world as it is. All the insanity. You can't fulfill the the inspiration, the aspiration, the ultimate bodhicitta without. Receiving everything. Go ahead. Is it, is it a misunderstanding to use that uncertainty as fuel for action? No. No. Unless it is. So in other words, if it's if it's too some, it's a middle way. Some of that is because you're going to feel some of that, but if you try to stop it because you're embarrassed about it or need to control it, or if you or you're not doing enough, but then you try to make that feeling go away instead of realizing what that feeling is. Just the path. The ground is suffering. The path is working with the negativity through awareness practices. But, but there's no requirement. How you do this, how anyone else here, anyone online who may have, may have only seen this uh, presentation a couple of times or 
Well, Divine, you often say that um, you don't need devotion, but we do. What is it that we need through devotion, Bowing? It's just a way of using the, the teaching person to slowly wean yourself away from your attachment to yourself by, you could call it faith, you could call it whatever, dedication. Everyone does this differently. People who are highly intellectual do it almost, not completely, but almost totally with the intellect. They just intellectually, intellectually connect with the, the, the way the teacher is presenting him or herself as far as being a teacher, as far as teaching. But at some point that starts to come apart. But if the person is, uh, is, has understood what this is intellectually, then they won't mind because they, they, if they understand it intellectually, the teaching on emptiness, the teaching on, on uh, dependent origination, that they will, will be okay with that. Well, more? Akaran Bowing. Akaran. Um, are you specifically talking about devotion to a teacher versus uh, devotion to the path or teachings, or is there no difference? There is difference. Yeah, there is difference. It depends on the individual. My, uh, I'm not going to go too much into my uh, autobiography, but my devotion to the Vidyadhar was overwhelming. And it, and it was very frightening to me because I felt like I'm devoted to something I don't understand. I, I trust this person totally, and I'm totally freaked out by him because he has so much say-so about what I'm doing. And yet he didn't tell me to do anything in particular other than practice, meditate. But he had the, if he had wanted to, he could, at that time. And don't misunderstand, again, I'm not saying you should feel this way. It was tied up with all kinds of things. A projection of a Tibetan Lama, a Tulku, who had been uh, reincarnated through a lineage of, uh, of incarnations of Nirmanakaya Buddhas. And so, and all that, well, you know, if you look into Tibetan Buddhism and all, it's full of uh, uh, extreme uh, emphasis on devotion. And that was freaking me out. Not to mention all the little drawings of all the little deities and the demons. and That was really nauseating to me. I mean, after all, I, I was an artist. I went to art school. All of those feelings and thoughts that you had at that time, was that your ego expressing itself in the fear that? Yeah, sure. That's a way of talking about it. You could say that. Self-centeredness wants protection. And so it gets the protection by what? Projecting or judging. So you, you see something as scary and then you just project onto it. This is the, the person that, that left uh, the uh, as a student of mine that asked me a while back to be a student, which I accepted uh, his uh, um, request, went away. And I'm not saying I read his mind and know what's going on, but it, it just, uh, it's, it's fear. It, it might look to that person like, well, I just don't see this and I don't understand. This is too over the top, but it's fear. Otherwise, if you're, why wouldn't you stay and investigate further? Hakaran Bowing, yes, uh, is there a difference between devotion and a cult or cult-like? Of course, <laughs> of course there is. 
devotion uh, doesn't uh, believe in anything. True devotion is not a belief. If you think it is, come and get me. When I say come and get me, I say ask me questions that will put me on the spot in such a way that, that it will reveal I'm a cult leader. If you can do it, come, come ahead. I'm here. This looks like a cult. This might be what this person was uh, thinking about when they heard those talks on devotion because they were pretty moving talks and they were coming from uh, heart centers of those two women. Hakaran bowing. Um, is my true nature different than someone else's true nature or does it arise differently? Does it manifest differently? Hakaran bowing. No. Your true nature does not manifest. That's relative truth. It, it can't manifest because it's already not separate from anything. And that's where you're headed. And to the ego, this looks like oblivion. And it looks like the death of ego, as the, the phrase that Trunk were often used. Death of ego. It's not the death of ego. It's just the fear of the death. Ego doesn't have to die. It's not real. So therefore, it can, be, it can hang around all at once. It just doesn't particularly have your ear anymore. Don't you? What are we devoted to if not your personality in human form? It starts that way. It has to have to start somehow. So it's a little bit of each. So it starts that way, and then you begin to see more and more deeply as you practice, as you train your mind to see more clearly what is arising, what is arising, what is this that's arising? What is it? Not why. Why has been explained, Pratitya Samadpada, dependent origination. You look at anything and want to know why it's there, it's because of everything else. But to watch what arises in the mind stream until you fundamentally see what it is. And so the degree that you're um, attached to or love or have affection for, however it may show up for you, to the teaching person as a physical being, that's that needs to be there. I mean, you're here physically, I'm here physically. And so we have that kind of a connection. It has to start. We're in human form, we're in, in the human realm, hopefully, and we're studying uh, an ancient teaching from 2,500 years ago. Uh, any, any more questions about cults, please bring them this way. If you have some, uh, please don't hold back. I'm not. I never hold back, except for that one time I was freaked out and I started holding back again. But whew, glad that's gone by. Further on that? Kelly, bowing. Let me, let me make sure uh, Junju is... Okay. Okay, Kelly, go ahead. Um, how do we how do we support loved ones or family members who may see that there's a shift in our devotion? Um, um, just include them, and and include them in a in a simple way that isn't about trying to get them to see what you're doing. To acknowledge their uh, discomfort with it. Say, yeah, I can see how this might. I mean, you don't use my words, but I can see how that, but. You know, this means a lot to me, uh, you know, so in this uh, the situation we're in, in a Buddhist monastery and in this Sangha, if you're not, if you're looking, if you're looking at this from a distance, this can look pretty peculiar and, until you're in the middle of it and you realize that there's, there's no, really no central authority here. You haven't noticed. There is, there is uh, communication, cooperation, collaboration, and there's quite a bit of deference to the teaching person in this case. But there's no demand for anything. It's it's pretty ordinary. It's uh, without uh, without the the chaos that is that happens in so many kinds of uh, communities, organizations. Uh, 
religious or otherwise. Further, Kelly? Kevin Bowing. I, I have several questions. Um, Give me the second one. Okay, the second one is uh, you'd, you often talk about uh, relative cultural trappings, like the macho uh, cultural trappings of like ancient Japanese Zen or... I do. So, so there seem to be like obsolete cultural trappings that don't necessarily apply to how we live now yeah. how why is devotion still applicable bowing the idea of devotion uh, to the three jewels that can show up in different ways for different people uh, devotion to the teacher uh, it seems to be necessary to have someone who can watch you do this as trunkpa said you need to you need to meet someone who, who meets you where you're at, including uh, when you awaken. It seems to be necessary, and you're, you're not going to, you could say trust. You're not going to give the benefit of the doubt to anybody unless they, you have a really strong devotional connection with them. And that shows up in so many different ways. It's uh, relative love. It's appreciation. Um, I have uh, students who are very, very devoted to me, but keep their distance. They're extremely devoted from, from their point of view and from as long as they're protected. And you can see it all over as far as the bad press that, uh, and I'm not saying it's unjustified, of Dharma teachers all, all over the place who, I don't know what happens, I'm not going to explain that or write a book about it, but there's a lot of uh, uh, what shows up, which shows up as, which shows up as mistreatment and abuse of students. That's going to happen. Uh, not only the actual abuse, but also the thinking that there's abuse. Paranoia, intense paranoia. One of the best ways to set, uh, uh, save your ego is to blame somebody for how you feel. I'm not saying you're doing that or anyone's doing that, but I'm saying it. that's why it's so important to as far as I'm concerned, is to find a teacher. I've used the word I don't care to use too much because it means like, I don't mean this kind of trust. I mean this kind of trust. You trust that you can look at this individual and his or her community all the time and see that it's about the fundamental intention is about the truth, the truth, not worshiping a chunk of wood. We bow down to this, but that's uh, that. Uh, we we need some <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> some kind of a reference point. The teacher is just a reference point. Simply put, but you may or may not. As I said, there's no demand. You may have to bring your energy, your devotion, your your inspiration, your wish for true for the truth towards someone who uh, who is the truth. I make no claims. I don't have any particular identity other than the one that shows up here. Other identities have cracked and fallen into the swamp. They may come back, they may not. I don't care what they do. And so I don't mean a dismissive not caring. I mean a fundamental caring for everything. 
but not being hooked by some singularity over here just because 15 people all get around or yelling about it. Kevin Bowing, you mentioned that devotion can function as a way to dislodge self-centeredness. Yes. Can, you know, in the, in the sort of modality of like AA, can there be a transference of self-centeredness onto the teacher so that that then becomes a kind of fanaticism bowing? Well, there could be, there could be. AA is not particularly, has a spiritual intention, but it is not, it's a mundane path not a spiritual path. I mean, they even tell you to go find God wherever you can or whatever the saying is. I don't mean to be uh, demeaning or dismissive. Some people ask exactly what they need to do as a 12-step program so they can actually get themselves out of the swamp. But their life, their karma, whom, whomever they appear as, the causes and conditions as their lifetime, may not, they may not be ready for a spiritual path or at least this, this kind of non-theistic spiritual path, which is quite a bit different than a theistic one. But it may save their life. It may keep them from, you know, literally drinking themselves to death or drugging themselves. So it may be relatively necessary. Uh, but as far as the changeover for um, the personality uh, uh, situation, that's... You have a further question on that? I'd be happy to talk about the whole, um, you know, devotion to the guru that shows up as some kind of a cult. If you want to talk about it, well, yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm trying to ask a question that's not just like me chatting with you, but you know, having watched the two talks a week ago. Yes. A lot came up for me with a lot of discomfort, a lot of, uh, but which I recognize as my own crapola. I don't, I don't, I'm not projecting it onto either of the speakers who did it, who were very generous. But personally, I find like a lot of extravagant carrying on alarming and also sort of like beside the point. And so I guess really the dynamic that struck me was, you know, that Unio has a devotion to you as both a teacher and a wife. And Ondo has a devotion to you as a student. And I think part of the, the tension for me was that the student relationship or devotion seems to take primacy over the, the marriage devotion and I'm I'm wondering how to to work with that even though it's totally none of my business <laughs> well, certainly is your business it is your business absolutely so how to work with that isn't such a good question because that then what when you say how to work with that then I have to go further into into your situation. So how is that showing up? You say this is irritating or nauseating or whatever it may be, as it was with the person who left. And I, and what did I say to that person? Good luck. You did you nothing to correct. You did exactly what you needed to do. You related to this uh, as you saw it, which was your projections. You saw your projections. They were intuitive. I didn't accuse him of, of, 
of his projections, but that's he did what he needed to do with what was arising in his mind based on what he saw. So yes, he should get out of here. So I, I, like, like I've often said, uh, and I'll say now, I don't need three or 400 students. There's a few dozen people who consider themselves students of mine. That's good. You don't need a following. You don't need to become famous. So ask me the direct question that will bring out what it is you would like to know rather than saying how to work with that. Go ahead, you're on. Well, in contrast to the other student, I'm not going anywhere. So I'm just with my own projections, but like... You've been looking, you've been, let me interrupt you a little bit here, Kevin. You've been watching me for what, 10 years? Or listening to me? You've asked me to function as your teacher. I think five or 10 years ago, you started a rock suit, it seems like. <laughs> so has, has, I was going to say, have I ever rushed you to, to do anything? Have I ever asked you to do anything? What have I asked you to do? Sit for, sit for 12 hours a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm saying based on your, you know, I'm, I'm, the, I'm your, if you've asked me until you fire me, or say go away or don't come back anymore or whatever i'm going to function as your teacher and i'm going to do everything i can do to help you awaken to your true nature that's what i'm about i don't need a mem I, you don't even need to be a student of mine i have people i talk to all the time have never formally asked me to be their teacher i still work with them as i as they show up they don't owe me anything and so i would say the situation uh was you know a talk by Punyo and I talked by Ondo about their devotion to me. Their devotion is all kind of way different than yours or, or anyone else who's, who's anywhere. They're, they're, there's no comparison. They're just they're, because they're coming through your personal karma. You actually get to find out who you are by looking and talking to somebody who is mirroring you. This is frightening. It can be. Or wonderful. In my case with uh, the Vidyadara, it was both at the same time. I I desperately want to be able to formulate this as a question. I don't know how to do that, it seems. But I guess for me... Jason, can you help him? You know, huh? Jason can't help you, so keep going. I guess for me, it seems that Ondo's display of devotion was hurtful to Unio. Or felt threatening in some way and so if that's the case and we're not fundamentally worshiping you then like why not tone it down to like let your wife off the hook that's my question that's pretty good let me let my my wife answer that how does it look to you you became a, a teacher to me before i became a wife Okay, does that let me off some kind of a hook? Are you off a hook or any hooks? We bring our craziness, our neurosis to this incredible 2,500-year-old path of the, of the Dharma. I'm here to help you see who you are, not to uh, get approved in society of being a person who uh, is true or not, who is uh, avoiding their wife to give more attention to a in this case, a female student. 
Kevin bowing. No, I'm not even weirdly you're outside of this dynamic. It's more about <laughs> Ando and Uno. I it's in a way it seems like you don't really have much to do with it at all whatsoever. There. How do I get out it? Okay, yeah, help me up. I'm going to have them sit down. Okay. Oh, thank you. Okay. Okay, you guys both sit up there at the same time. Go ahead. Now I've done it. Yeah. No, I can stand up. This won't be long. <laughs> That's what you think. <laughs> okay, fire away. Where are you? Oh, there you are. Here I am. Kevin bowing. So, Ando, knowing the way in which your expression of devotion seems to cause discomfort in Uno. Why does that not have any impact on how that devotion shows up for you? Bowing. Ando bowing, it um, is very painful. Um, but I trust my teacher immensely. And I trust that He's pointing at my teaching, and I'm going to hang in there. Kevin Bowing, how might devotion show up for you if not as genuflecting and uh, foot kissing Bowing? Ondo Bowing, is that to Ondo or Uno? To Ondo Bowing. Ondo Bowing, I have no choice. I have no choice. And my teacher is saying that is my devotion. That is, I need to trust that. I need to come and give him everything. Bowing. Kevin Bowing, uh, Uno, how, how are you able to, how does, uh, okay, does, does being a wife become obliterated by being a student bowing? Not at all. Uh, it, it, it becomes secondary, so it seems. That's been how it's shown up for me. But no, it's not obliterated at all. See, I have rings. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Bowing, what kind of, um, what we, what I personally think of as sacrosanct in a monogamous relationship is a is a kind of devotion and intimacy what would you characterize as do you, is there anything about being in a in a relative marriage relationship with sokuzan that feels uh, special 
that only you have that other students don't have access to, Valerie? I think the, uh, yes, the, and the frequency or the amount of time that I get to be with him, I, I feel that I must be a really slow learner because I had to marry and move in with the teacher. <laughs> so, um, and, and historically, there are a lot of uh, students that have done that, you know, Mar Marpa, Milarepa, what, I don't know all the traditions, but and and I, I've said it, he said it many times that if, if he had his way, everybody would move in with us, everybody. And um, so sometimes that comes into being and sometimes it doesn't. And uh, I think just yesterday I had a hint from Juzan that maybe that's what he was hinting to doing. He <laughs> doesn't spend enough time with us. And, and that certainly it's a genuine, um, I think, expression and uh, of of the love that that Sogazan has for all his students and um, it for me as you well know you've listened to any number of talks I've given uh, jealousy has been a, a primary uh, negative energy for me ever since I've been on this planet I think and uh, it's difficult especially with the standards I have to look at the standards of what the culture presents and it's um, uh, sometimes they just don't fit. And so, you know, in the Sandokai, we say don't set up standards. And I look at that. And yet that still doesn't mean that I'm, uh, that I don't feel uh, just wrung out by the uh, intense devotion that I see being brought forward by uh, Ondo to Sokazan. And, and actually it's, it's really, uh, embarrassing to have uh, a new student kind of show up what maybe I've just taken for granted for so many years and so it really does come back to me like Sukazan says it's like a mirror she's like a mirror for me to look at my own devotion and then see well maybe just maybe there are some areas that I could look at more deeply that I could tend to and uh, sure it's painful it's painful and sometimes I just I have to leave house or I, I leave uh, and this isn't the first time that I've had to leave the Zendo on occasion uh, and here again not to make this a any kind of a true confession or anything but I just um, I, I cannot say what my teacher uh, how he has to work with people I, I just can't say I have to I have to trust him and I think I might have said it last week. Well, where where are the boundaries? Where am I going to draw the line between? Well, you can do this, Sokazan, but you can't do that. Well, maybe in this case you can, and it just it gets to the point where it just it just kind of falls apart in that way. And so I um, I usually I think like I said, head for the wall, block it, go down in the basement, get a makeshift altar. Uh, yeah, it's it, it it's it, in the context of of this culture, it can be it, it's difficult at times. But um, I can't I can't get in the way of that. How does how does that make him be able to teach if he's always guarded? How can he meet people where they're at then? If, so it's an invitation for me also to meet people where they're at when it comes to him. Probably. Could both of you please say something about the Bodhisattva vow, what that is, and how that affects one's relationship to the entire mundane world, vowing? 
in your mind. To me, it feels like we have to include everything that, that whatever form it takes, whatever form consciousness takes that's coming, that's arising, that we have to be with all things. And I'm constantly looking at that. Bowing. Hondo bowing. Um, the vow to be with all things starts with the teacher bowing. Okay, continuing to take questions. Kevin Bowing, thank you so much. I really appreciate your openness and uh, I, I've, it's helped me a lot, Bowing. Soaker and Bowing. Go ahead, please. Yokozan, were your wedding vows communicated in a way that were different than your Bodhisattva vow? Same bowing? thing. Same thing. Same. Buddhist wedding, uh, and they, it's not about anything working. Give yourself a break. This is not materialism. So everything's going to come apart, come together, fall apart, come together. I, I've been married many, many times, as you know. You can blame me or do whatever you want with it. You have no idea what that was like. Don't miss your karma. I haven't missed mine. Otherwise, I wouldn't be sitting in this seat and presuming to even say anything to anybody about anything. But all but one have been Buddhist weddings. So I just don't give up. Bushin bowing. Go ahead, please, Bushin. We've we've talked. Um, there's been a lot of conversation around the comparison of one person's devotion to another. It seems like all of us, all of us who are here, have some devotion. But I'm wondering, what would it look like if someone does not have devotion? Bowing. Well, they have to have some. They, they wouldn't even, as far as being uh, on this screen or in this room, there would have to be some. But the amount is not, it's just a devotion. It's your devotion. I, I'm not, I don't think I've ever said to someone, be more devoted. I don't require that. I don't require anything. You may be surprised. Well, a little I require if you were around. But your situation, uh, you're doing exactly what you need to do. Nothing to correct at all. That someone who is not devote, devoted just wouldn't wouldn't be here, or or couldn't work with the, couldn't work with that on any level, even a slight. Just well, I think I'll just listen to this teacher for a while. This person seems to be making some sense. I've had people listen to me for seven or eight years before they contact me, and then finally say, I've "Been listening to your talks for a long time. I thought it's time that I talk to you." So I don't require anything, but some. That's why I have so many paranoid students. Because <laughs> they're very, 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 very suspicious of anybody getting control, control of their mind. So, I have no interest in uh, controlling anyone. I do have an extreme dedication and devotion myself to helping you if you'll allow me to. 
but I can't, I have no, no proof. I have no guarantee. I don't have anything. And it might be more of what I don't have. So there again, I would say, do whatever you need to do. If, if, there, if you perceive that there might be some help in this direction, I'm all about uh, helping you. Katie. So good, Bowing. Let me, let me take Katie. She's had her hand up a few times. Katie Bowing. Um, kind of circling back to, to Undo and Unyo, I was really struck during their talk about the honesty and vulnerability that they both displayed with deep. How do we do that? How do we bring that just vulnerability keep, and honesty? Just keep going. Listen a lot. Listen to others, not just to, to me or to... Sangha, listen to your neighbors, your mom, your dad, or your, listen, receive as much as you can. So that if you do produce any, anything in the way of language or words towards someone, it's coming out of a lot of reception. So that this is, you heard me say it, if you listen much, CCC, communicate, cooperate, collaborate. And that, CC, that first CC needs to be probably 90-10, 90% of the time receive. And uh, when you're facing a wall, 100% of the time, 200% receive, receive, receive. It's not about producing a good meditator. Not interested in that. That's spiritual materialism as far as I'm concerned. And I am concerned, at least if you're listening to me. So, Grant, go ahead. So, Karen Bowing, does devotion to a single person, such as a wife, a husband, or a child, um, is that an obstacle to the devotion of the three jewels, bowing? Not at all. No, not then that should come first. Like in your case with Ani, you have a 16-year-old son. That comes first. That comes first. I mean, you're also fully ordained as a monk, so some of that attention has to go to your spiritual path and to, to the teacher and to the sangha, the community, and to the teaching. But you, you know, your, your son, this is something that started... 16 years ago. So that's not, you need to keep your agreement there. And your agreement, as soon as you have a child, you, it's an unspoken agreement. You need to take care of that person. That comes first. So Karen Bowing, what is the agreement with a wife, Bowing? It's very situational. It depends on the wife. It depends on the husband or however that shows up in your sexual preferences. It's very situational. I can go into some kind, some uh, the politics of experience, and and sort that out. But you you know what it is. You know, uh, like uh, Unio, I think Unio said. I didn't catch the whole thing, but she has been a meditation student, a student of mine for I don't know, close to thirty years, somewhere, just short, and has been married to me for ten. Or we've been married for ten. Is that? That plays into it somehow, but I don't want to go in and say, well, mm, let's see, I don't have to do this because of this. You know, you're, remember, you're just a student. We're not, we don't do that. I, I tr endeavor as best I can without going too much into our personal life to meet everyone where they're at, including my lovely wife. I do the best that I can. She's fully ordained as a monk also. That might give you an idea how I'm relating to her maybe differently than previous situations. She's the first monk I've been married to. 
and it will be the last month that I'm married to. So we've, we've been through a lot just in the 10 years. We can't go into all of that so proper, but it's been intense. Imagine, I mean, I'm not, not because I'm such a crazy outlandish person. Actually, I'm uh, pretty ordinary. But imagine being married to someone who uh, doesn't particularly, who sees everything. I'm going to brag about myself a little bit here. Who sees everything, <laughs> but has no preference. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nauseating to live with some asshole like that? <laughs> See what she's got to go through? Jason Bowie. You're next. Go ahead, Jason. Then I'm going to go to, what was your name again? Nikali? Nikali? What was her name? Nikali? Nicole. Nishikai. Nicole Shikai. That's right. <laughs> Go ahead, Jason. I'm just uh, having some fun with some of the uh, local residents. Uh, like Kevin, I have uh, a number of questions. Um, Give me the second one first. If you're like Kevin, I mean, second one. Well, okay. Second one, because I actually wrote them down. <laughs> <laughs> I, think and I, I, I don't normally. That meat. Yeah, you don't normally with it. This is, this is an abnormal situation. So. Yeah, um, but how how is devotion not spiritual materialism? Uh, it can be, but it's not devotion. That kind of of trying to give something to get something, give something to get something. And it's, a, again, I'll say this, and I've said this literally probably thousands of times. It is about awareness of it, not about fixing it. You might have to be spiritual and materialistic for a while to even practice. You might have to try to get ahead to be better, to be more kind, to be more peaceful, to be more, 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 less crazy. All spiritual materialism. But you may have to do that depending on your particular karma. I don't know what kind of what kind of rocks and shoals you've been drugged through in the 18th century or in this century. I don't know how you were treated by your mom and your dad. But that that nothing is separate from anything else. My friend, nothing, nothing is separate from anything else. And the only way you can work with that uh, fundamentally, ultimately, is on the spiritual path. Am I biased? You bet I am. I'm very biased. The material path will lead to relative successes and relative failures. And some of them are great successes. Just Jeff Bezos is a kind of a success, isn't he? Isn't he a famous movie star or something? Yeah, he's famous. But because, why? Not because of anything he did, although he would claim, but the causes and conditions that are not looking for who's rich and who's poor. They're just causes and conditions. So I would say in your situation, uh, in response to your question, I would say probably is some spiritual materialism happening there. But eventually, if, if, you're, if that devotion is going towards the true teacher, you're eventually going to fall into a, a big, deep hole from the point of view of ego. And from the point of view of wisdom, you're just falling into yourself over and over and over again. Every time you look at somebody, you fall into yourself if you see what's in front of you. If you don't, then more circles. Or as my lovely wife says, kirkles. You still lovely? Um, so I you know, want to give you the benefit of the doubt that you uh you know aren't controlling anyone or that you you know don't really have any 
demand or anything like that. However, if you have people who are devoted to you, doesn't the potential for abuse um, happen um, for the teacher? The potential is very, very strong. Yes, there's a potential for it. That's why on the part of the teacher, the teacher, if it's not a true teacher, when I say if the teacher is teaching out of their self-centeredness, their ego, or their, their big store of vast knowledge about the fundamental nature of reality, then there's definitely a potential for abuse. That's why I say don't do anything unless you have to. And don't even come this way unless you have to. So, yeah, there, it, we're, we're in a relative, uh, this is the human realm. This is full of desires, full of confusion, full of conflict, full, 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 full of uh, distortions and self-deception and other deception, manipulation, control, and just basically craziness. Insane about people wanting control of, other, of others. It's all over the place. You could interview anyone here in this uh, monastery, probably anyone who's wearing a rock suit if I've given it to them and asked them, how much control I've exerted over them and how much they've been uh, ordered to give me all their money or, or anything or, or, or let me have sexual favors with them. Go ahead. Uh, I'm, so, I'm sure um, we'll be uh, willing to discuss that with you. Go ahead and finish your other two questions. Number one, number three. So if that, if that real potential exists, then why not um, separate that potential by um, just asking for the, not, not inviting the, or accepting the devotion? Paraphrase yourself. I'm following you, but I want you to think about what you're saying. Um, maybe let, me finish. let me finish. Let me finish. I'm, I'm, let me finish. I'm responding. So let me finish. This is what you're doing to your own mind. You, you start to have a mind stream that opens up and you fill it full of bullshit. Have you noticed or am I inventing things? Don't deceive yourself, my friend. Go ahead. Okay. So would you would like me to rephrase it? Yes, please. Um, why not create more clear boundaries so that people know that there's not that potential? Well, <laughs> So we do have, I don't know if you've looked on the website, we do have a, a ethics uh, a structure there that may help. But, you know, you, you can't control karma. This is a misunderstanding of all the, the different Zen associations that are trying to make sure nobody does anything wrong and sign on the dotted line. Uh, we'll take away your credentials. You cannot control this. Just because someone is a, is a tulku or is a Zen master from Japan doesn't mean that they won't abuse you. They might. That's why you have to use your intelligence, your insight to look closely. Don't do anything else you have to. Look closely at anybody that you're asking to function as your teacher. Look really closely. Uh, there's several relative ways of doing that. Talk to their students. Listen to what they've been saying, how they respond to questions. I talk constantly because since I understood that that's what I needed to do, I spent 35 years just studying in the last 10 or 15 years talking about what I see. So my intention is to help you. 
but but I, I'm not going to guarantee you anything. I would say don't get too close. If you're worried about me, stay back. Stay back. But if you, if you, if I, what I'm saying or how I'm expressing this uh, is helpful to you, then come and talk to me about it. Well, because I meet people where they're at in their confusion. I, I don't separate myself from anything. And in their, their love. No demand in either direction. But to, to set up some kind of a standard so that we make sure nothing goes wrong, that's the very nature of, of confusion and the very nature of materialism, scientific, psychological, spiritual materialism, thinking that you have some say-so about that. You do not. But don't believe me. Go look in the mirror for three or four hours. Get a mirror, look in the mirror, and look right at your, the bridge of your nose and use peripheral vision to look at the rest of your face. Have I done that? Some. Find out who you are. The mistaken identity is the main issue in trying to reinforce the, the, the identity that is based on fact and fiction, right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, life and death. That's the one that is going to show up when death comes without warning or death comes with a 10 minute warning. You don't know what's going to happen in 10 minutes. I know what's going to happen. Uh, you don't. And if you do, you probably wouldn't be here. You'd be somewhere knowing stuff. Further question, Jason, if you have it. If um, ultimately nothing is real, then what exactly are we devoted to? Uh, well, it's... Uh, my understanding would be the devotion would be wanting to see the truth. We're suffering. I'm suffering. I've had a lot of suffering in my life. I'm sure you have. We all have. We've had confusion, suffering, being betrayed by others, being people telling us one thing and not keeping their agreements and going another direction and justifying it by saying, well, you had that coming or you didn't deserve that. A constant chatter about, about, about the politics of experience are everywhere. And the only way, I'm not saying there isn't another way, the only way I understand to work with that is to find out your true nature. You find out. I'm not here to have a club. Some people need to be monks. I'll do that. I'll help them. Some people need to be have lay precepts. I'll help them. Some people don't want any precepts. I'll help them. Some people want to stay at a distance. Uh, I'll help them. They come and ask me about what's happening. I'll try to meet them where they're at. And that may, may not particularly feel like help, or it may. But the devotion or the dedication from my perspective is I want to know the truth from the time I was born. And uh, so that's what that's about. How come the devotion isn't the truth instead of the teacher? It is. It is. But you don't know it. Uh, you still think it's something you're doing. Until it, until it becomes something that you are. When it becomes something in you, that you are, that, that devotion may show up as otherness for quite a long time. Until you see that you're not separate from the teacher, not separate from the world, not separate from your mom or your dad or your brother or your sister, your dog, the sky, the garbage truck, not separate, not separate. You have to see this. You can't just... Think about this intellectually as some kind of philosopher, Jason. 
can't come up with an idea. I see that we're not separate from each other. They were all one, baloney. Not, not separate doesn't mean all one. Further question, Jason? Uh, no, thank you. Um... Louder, please. I kind of lost my question, but I'm curious about how boundaries and devotion show up together. The boundaries are dependently risen. So you don't interfere with the boundary. You don't set up boundaries. Or the boundaries that are set up here, as far as the forms, are, are, are to be observed, not obeyed. So there's no obeying going on here. If there is, I don't know about it. That thing there isn't something. So there, we set the boundaries. It's like a wall as a boundary. It's to keep the weather, the good weather in and the bad weather out, so to speak. And so we set up, but there's no, uh, I mean, it's a solid wall. So we have, we can't walk through it, at least not yet. So, and the same thing we do with the spiritual path. We set up a form, sitting there, sit down, hold still, and watch the movement of the mind so you can begin to slowly, over time, witness the insanity of the production of thoughts that continually protect us from fundamental reality, which is we're not separate from anything. We think we're a separate being who can win or lose, be harmed or succeed. And that's relatively true, but we're not going to live forever. With devotion to the teacher, if how do boundaries show up there? Or I guess during yeah. a lot of the talks, yes, a lot of the monks said that they would do anything that you asked. Mm -hmm. Is our boundaries existent there? Yeah, I don't <laughs> ask. I don't ask anything. How's that? Do I have I ever asked anything of you since you've been? How long have you been here? Have I ever asked you to do anything or you've offered to do some things. You offered to come out and haul all the junk out of the basement with uh, who's your little friend here? Nishikai. He's actually quite big, a big friend. And you came out. And so I might have come down, come down to the basement and said, nah, that's wrong. Put all that back. Put all that junk back. I'm being silly, but I'm just saying, no, no, I would ask, what I would ask you to do is to practice. If I'm asking you, I say, train your mind, sit down, hold still, train your mind. You may need a monastery. You may need a Dharma teacher. You may not. I don't know. Only you would know. I'm not asking. Have I ever asked you for any money? Have I ever asked you to, for any sexual favors? You want me to? Of course not. Kind of a stupid thing to say, but it sounds like that's in, in the back of people's minds. Your mind is doing this, not my mind or Uno's or Undo's. Your mind is coming up with stuff. Is it not? Kind of, sort of. Train your mind, find out who you are, and don't let another day go by without at least stepping on that path and beginning to train your mind and find out who you are fundamentally. So you can see your true nature is not separate from uh, a dog wandering in the desert that you've never met. 
Not separate, not separate, not separate. Did you? A few questions from YouTube. The first from Robert Swiatek. When does devotion become codependency? How can we recognize the texture? I don't really use codependency. That's a, a word that is applicable in some situations, psychological, and it's. And I'm not against it. It's, a, it's if it's a true teacher, there's no, there will be no codependency. It's just because you need something else to have, and the teacher is not someone else. The teacher is your mind. This is not magical thinking, my friends, my enemies. This is not magical thinking. It's the truth. And you may not realize it. If you're a student of mine, you may not realize it until this body-mind goes back into the elements, which it will do probably sooner than later. So it, it, the codependency involves a, a belief in otherness, a belief in, du a belief in duality, a belief in right and wrong, a belief in correct and incorrect. That has to be transcended. I'm not saying there isn't a relative um, uh, victim and a relative uh, perpetrator. Of course there is. Of course, that's the very that's the very illusion that makes it so impossible for us to work with this in a, in a fundamental way rather than a relative way of locking up bad people and promoting uh, people who have a, a good line or are able to because of their karma are able to talk them, them themselves talk their way out of any uh, responsibility. More another question from Shane in Virginia. Yes. When I ask myself a Dharma question, your voice sometimes answers. Do your teachers still show up that way? They're here right now. They don't show up. My teachers don't have to show up. They haven't gone anywhere. Neither one of them. None of them. Even the one, ones I, I uh, never met have not gone anywhere. Nothing has gone anywhere. There isn't anything to, to go somewhere. If it sounds crazy, maybe it is. A question from Navid in Iran. Is it with a V? N-A-V-I-D. Navid, go ahead. Is it enough to listen to the teacher if we don't have the possibility to meet them personally? It is. As long as you get to the wall, sit down and look at the wall. You have to train your, you have to come to stillness. You have to come to silence. And that silence may be, oh, have all kinds of racket going on for a long time maybe for years. Sit down, hold still, and watch what moves. The mind stream, don't agree, don't disagree, do nothing with it, just look at it. Yes, you can, you can attain, it's not even an attainment, you can stop separating yourself from true reality, which is all samsara is, is to take yourself out of wisdom, bring yourself into this crazy world of cause and effect, right and wrong, up and down, back and forth. So yeah, you can do that. I think it's good to listen, and if you get a chance, if you can set it up to, to talk to, if you think of me as a teacher, uh, or anybody as a teacher, to talk to them directly. You don't have to do very much. It's on. Good. How is Ondo's devotion and wanting to kiss your feet about her and not about you? How is it? I don't care if she does that or not. I don't have any 
desire for that. I joke with her a little bit about it. I might say, my feet are missing you, but it's kind of a corny joke. This is about about her. I mean, it certainly is about me because seeing having someone come this way with this intense devotion that is without boundaries, there as I can tell. This doesn't mean that Chazan's devotion to me isn't uh, isn't also without boundaries, but to manifest differently, or Onyo's devotion to me, or even yours. When I say even, I don't mean to push you down. But even your <laughs> okay. You see a little bit what I'm saying? Go ahead. More, more. Yunchi bowing. Sometimes I'll come to you and ask what I should do in a situation, and you'll tell me, and I'll do the exact opposite. I notice. Do I complain? (laughs) No, and I usually talk to you about that too. But is that devotion? Everything's devotion if you're here. You're wearing a rock suit, so the only way you can break that off is to give me that rock suit back. I'll put it on the shelf and go off, which you've been, you've been, uh, that's been proposed to you a few times when you've been having difficulty. I said, well, you don't have to do this. This is not a prison. Give me the rock suit. Or you could even say, I want to, I want to keep the rock suit. I would say, well, okay, keep the rock suit. Meaning this, for those of you who don't know, the one of these things, Buddha built. So I, I would say, do, do whatever you want to do. You don't, you don't have to do this. Uh, you're doing it because you want to do it, is my understanding. More? I'm just still confused how backing away from the teacher or, or not listening to the teacher is devotion. Well, first of all, there's devotion to start with, wouldn't you agree? Or you wouldn't, you wouldn't have that rock suit. If I, 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 that would not have happened if there weren't some, something coming this, this way in the form of devotion as it shows up for you with your karma, with your life, with your causes and conditions, your obstructions, your way of confusing yourself, you, 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 as, as I see you. That's why you have a Dharma name of Junshu. What does that mean? Appearance. Pure appearance. That's what you're going to see. Right now, the appearance is clouded with all kinds of stuff. But I see pure appearance when I, every time I look at you. You want to realize that? Keep going. But it doesn't matter whether the teaching person is not concerned whether you're coming towards them or going away from this. It's once you make the connection, then everything is devotion. Even the person who just left, devotion. Even the pers- person who uh, years ago um, was in, a, in an interview and I, I had her sit on my lap and I hugged her. Uh, out of uh, out of uh, concern for her, and that was too much. I was I didn't ask her permission. Might have been a good idea, but I felt a, had a strong connection with her. I still have it. I haven't forgotten her. As long as I'm alive, I won't. I won't ever forget her. But she got up and said, "That'll will be enough of that." So we all went down to the community. I think there was twelve people there, and and I just said, "This is what happened." She doesn't want to be here anymore. Said, so I think she should, but this is up to her to do what she needs to do. She was offended or frightened or whatever by that. So I would say, stay away. Not that everybody sits on my lap, although just about everybody does. <laughs> I mean, what, you know, it's like running away from your grandpa. Is it? But it doesn't look that way if you've been mistreated. If someone's been really mistreated, 
especially a, a man here and a woman there, you've been really, really mistreated. It's very hard to step through that and actually, what, trust that that teacher is just means to, to love you and be affectionate to you, that they don't want something else. I think that's the first time I've ever talked about that. But people do what they need to do. Kozan bowing. Should I have Kozan or Shoka? What would be the most interesting question, you guys? Please the same. <laughs> okay, I'll go. With, I'll go with Kozan. Um, maybe going along into it a little bit further, the sitting on the lap with the one person. Yes. Lots of it seems like a lot of um, history. There's abuse maybe around intimacy and sexuality and people are looking for help with their suffering and they come to the path and they meet a teacher and maybe out of their wisdom or confusion they may project let me have your question i under, we all know about this let me have your question what if the, if someone is coming towards you with yes physically what is meeting the student where they're at? There's no way you can help but do that. If you're functioning out of the truth, you, you're not going to show up as some person who will, uh, you just meet them where they're at. And if they, if they can work with that, good. If they can't, then it's not time. It's not time for them to, to be there. So you cannot, just because you have an idea about what you're talking about, that you can somehow manipulate your, your, yourself in such a way that you can be fundamentally helpful. I am not a therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I know a bunch of them. But it, this is not about that kind of help. As it says in Myth of Freedom by my teacher, get too close to the teacher, you get burned. Don't get close enough, you don't get enough heat. So it's not about manipulating this person or you as a monk manipulating yourself to make sure you don't make any mistakes, make sure you help people uh, by not, uh, by somehow controlling uh, the situation. Did I respond to your question in a way that's helpful, or do you have more? Cousin Bowings, are there any um, boundaries on physical intimacy with the teacher? Of course there are. Of course there are. There are absolutely boundaries, and they are dependently arisen. And I'm not saying that the whole society doesn't have certain cultural boundaries all over the place. They're, they're the ones in, uh, in the Middle East. They're the ones in the United States, which are completely broken all the time. Everybody... It's marriage, it's marriage, and then people go out on each other all the time. You know that. I know that. We all know that. Well, of course, but as far as obeying boundaries, a big mistake there, uh, not by way of saying don't obey the law, but in this situation, it is uh, because of the karma involved there, it is, it is uh, situational. It is very much situational. It's the each situation will tell you, even Trungpa Rinpoche said, uh, when someone says, who is your guru? Now that your gurus are dead, who is your, he says, situations are my guru. And I understand what he, I didn't understand at the time, but I understand now. So th this is why I have not joined the, whatever that society is that, that is going to come and tell me who can I, who I can ordain, who I can transmit based on, uh, a collection of ethical stuff. I'm not against that. I'm not against ethics. We have ethics on our on our website about our community. 
And I didn't set that up. I asked the community to do it. So community did it. I'm not saying this is what we'll do, this is what we won't do. They set it up and you can read them. But obeying, uh, the better O word is uh, to observe that way, because otherwise you just obey. And I can take this to, to the hilt, so to speak, by saying that's all the uh, people in Germany did uh, in 1943, two years before my father was killed there. Do I blame Germans for, no, it's dependently arisen. No one, no one gets the blame for anything. It's a heartbreaking thing to look at, to see really terrible, horrible people that I'm saying they're, they're not to blame. They're responsible, but you're responsible too. You have the ability to respond and you should be there with all of your senses on receive or not. So the, what happens when we take the, the laws too far, then we try to control. Not about, you can't, because you don't know if somebody comes out of a, a horrible drug family in Detroit and they're 13 years old and they join a gang because they need companionship, they need a home, they need some love from their homies. That's the only place they can get it. And then they rob a party store and goes on, you know who I'm talking about. I think you know that particular person. I think they're still in, uh, in the Michigan Department of Corrections. Not a good idea to not look at it situationally. To just maybe have the law, but have some kind of openness where we can, uh, that's one of the things that restorative justice is trying to do, which little success here and there. You can't just immediately point the finger at somebody, no matter how evil they are or appear. You have to consider all the things that happened before that. And even that may not be enough. More goes on. Shogabang, if somebody's functioning as a true teacher, may they have to appear as an abuser in order to fundamentally help somebody? They don't sit back and think, I need to abuse this person in order to help them. That's not happening. So it's not like a decision. A true teacher no longer makes decisions. So in other words, should I do this or should I do that? No, they, they're meeting everything where it's at and relating to it where it's at, as it is, as it shows up. And that can be shocking as to how that shows up, especially when somebody, you're doing your best to meet them where they're at and they decide they don't want you anymore and they're, they run away. Or they're all about you and they come this direction. Like I talked about two people that were watching this talk, one left because they couldn't do this. Why? They never, never went into detail, but it's... I could, I know what it is, it's fear. And the other person came this direction because they saw the sincerity that was, was showing up with uh, two of my uh, students, my wife and Wondo, uh, who's sewing a robe to become a monk. But don't know, there's no, the, the abuse situation is something that someone talks about. And I'm not saying there isn't a relative thing happening. Yes, there is. But if you function out, if you function out of right and wrong, then there's a lot of cracks in that because you can't fundamentally see dependent origination. If you're going to what looks right, what looks wrong, because the very nature of illusion is like believing in your dreams, believing in your nightmares. They're unreal. This doesn't mean that people aren't suffering. They are. That's what this path is about. As soon as you get on it, you begin to train your mind, train your mind, because you want to see the truth. And you see the only way you can do this is to save all beings. Put others before yourself all the time, every time, every moment. Sleeping, 
waking, dreaming, others come first. Yuhan, do you have a question? Yuhan Baoyin. Actually, I have two questions. Should I ask the second question? So my question is, is there any difference between the first knowing, the clarity that Jizang mentioned from his talk yesterday, and the devotion from overtime development? From different stages. Bowing. Was that Jiuzan? What do you think, Jiuzan? You heard the question. Is there any difference? I need help. He says he doesn't think so. What do you think, Yuan? Yes and no, bowing. You're getting pretty good at that. Yes and no. Further questions? You home bowing. I have another question. The devotion from the earlier question, devotions to family and a devotion to you, do I have to necessarily compare the importance of which? I can tell you. Are you, are you a student of mine? Yes. Okay. Family comes first. Absolutely. Totally. Family comes first. Put them first. I mean, if... I'd like to come second, <laughs> maybe, but family comes first. You know, your original agreement is to get married, have a family, and that's what you're doing. You have two children, and yeah, that comes first. Take care of that. In ancient times, uh, very young people would leave home and go to a monastery because that's the only way they could practice because in the society, they would be too uh, taken up with all the, the materialism that was rampant all over the place in ancient India and even today. So, but you've already done this, so you're already a mom, you already have children, you have a husband. Yeah, that comes first. That, there's, our situation is such that you can continue to practice. You might have to scoot them out of the room now and then to be able to look at the wall, but, or they can come and join you. My children, when I was started, uh, sat next to me until they got bored and then they left. bowing. Maybe I misunderstood. For me, it's, there's a difference since my kids and my devotion to my kids is relative. And devotion on this path, devotion to this path is eternal. It doesn't mean that I prefer the path. I just wondering that how I could see this clearly without the fear of the preference of which, but I appreciate your answer. Well, I'll give you a more answer. Just include the fear. Don't try to do something that'll make the fear go away. Include the fear. Fear is part of it. Don't get rid of fear. You can't become fearless if you get rid of fear, because becoming fearless means that there's no one who's afraid. It doesn't mean the fear has gone away. You need the fear to be able to help others, because otherwise you're this special person with no fear 
And then when people come with fear, you can just say, well, don't be afraid. Do what I do or something. So include the fear. Include everything. Everything gets to get on the raft, to go across the river. Everything. Take everything with you. Take your, your fear. Take your jealousy. Take your confusion. Don't get rid of anything. One last question, if there is one. Thank you so much. penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. The three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the ten directions and the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, its buildings, gardens, and all adjoining areas from any and all dark or negative energy. Remove and dissolve any negative energy or devices. Fill everything and everyone with light. Please shield and protect with light our teachers, monks, students, and all practitioners of the Dharma, our families and friends from negative forces and energy from now on. Help us to realize the truth of the Buddha's teachings. If you value the teachings of Sokozan, and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokukoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokukoji.org.